this hour by Frederick Remington fully cooked ready to eat bacon. Exclusive no refrigeration 10 year extended shelf life bacon. The thickest media center cut bacon in the industry at fullycookedbacon.com. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, what can I say? I guess if you live in a cave somewhere or way out in the suburbs and you want to get set up with internet service, it doesn't come the next day or the next week. So right now, Chris O'Brien has limited cell phone access. He can't even call us on the phone and depend on the cell phone working. And hopefully by today or tomorrow or next week or sometime, he will have internet access. That's what keeps him off the show. No secret conspiracies. So we've called J. Randall Murphy, who is available to join us again as our guest co-host. Randall, how are things going with you? Oh, I'm really glad to be here. This sounds like it's going to be a really good show. Our special guest this week is Dr. Irina Scott, and she's author of an interesting book, that we're going to talk about quite a bit, called UFOs Today, 70 Years of Lies, Misinformation, and Government Cover-Up. Why 70 Years, the Kenneth Arnold sighting, was June 24, 1947. Irina, welcome to the Paracast. Well, thank you for inviting me. Now, as I was looking at the book, I came across the acknowledgments. Mm-hmm. And there's a story behind a couple of the things you have here. Of course, I recognize a lot of the people. I know a lot of the people. So, for example, a very old dear friend of mine, I don't know if he's very old, but a real nice guy, Rick Hilberg, he supplied photos to Irina, including those of Dr. J. Allen Hynek and Ray Palmer. Now, I want to tell you the background of some of this, especially the Ray Palmer photo. Now, Dr. Hynek, I met him a couple of times, and I talked to him a few times in the 70s and 80s. Now, I remember after hearing of his death, I called his wife and sent my sympathies and everything. Okay, Ray Palmer. Taken in 1965, it was taken at his home in Amherst, Wisconsin. I'm not sure if Rick took that picture or Jim Mosley, who took us all to Amherst, Wisconsin. So yes, I was there when that photo was taken, and I'd interviewed Ray Palmer. So that was fascinating. And I wonder here in writing the book, Irina, where do you bring up Ray Palmer as part of it, part of the picture of the UFO field? He was, how he got in, was by hiring Kenneth Arnold to investigate a UFO sighting. But he was pretty interesting in himself because he was sort of like the inventor of science fiction. Back in those days, it wasn't too well received, but it's a huge thing now. And he was also a publisher of Fate Magazine, which is still published, and kind of a pioneer in ufology and everything. You've got a picture of his uh, Coming of the Saucers right here in your book, I see. Ray Palmer and the Kenneth Arnold book, Coming of the Saucers. Uh-huh. Yeah, this looks very well illustrated. Well, that so- book is right here in my bookshelf. Great. What happened here, of course, is that Palmer hired Kenneth Arnold to go to Tacoma, Washington, 
to investigate the Maury Island case. As we all heard, the Maury Island case was pretty strange. Mm-hmm. It was involved some kind of objects or slag that was dropped, one or more crafts. And when Arnold went there, he entered a spy novel. It was like James Bond, because he came to Tacoma, and he figured he's a private pilot. It's not a key season. He flew there in his plane, and he couldn't find a hotel room. All the hotel rooms were taken, except for one room that he found registered in his name. Isn't that strange? Registered in his name. He tells this in the book. And he said also that he was being tapped. Whatever he said there, people were listening. Like I said, it reads a little bit like a spy novel, Maury Island. Just fascinating background that you bring that up. This is all the stuff that happened early in the UFO field. And I want to go into those details with you, Irina. But first of all, what led you to even become interested in this subject, especially someone who's an academic, but supposedly people who have the kind of background you have don't generally get into this? Well, what led me is that I was almost born interested in astronomy. I remember when I was a kid looking at the stars and everything and wondering what's going on. And later I majored in astronomy in college. But then I tried to apply for jobs and they were male only and nobody even gave me an application. And so I went into another field, but I remained interested in all aspects of astronomy and although it's unusual, also in UFOs. So I've been interested for a long time, but I really didn't get active until later. Now, that's so unfortunate. You know, we talk about this all the time. Like we make a big deal now that a very successful superhero movie, Wonder Woman, directed by Patty Jenkins, is the highest grossing film directed by a woman. But why should we even have to consider that? Why should we have to consider that when you're trying to get work as an astronomer, they didn't hire women? Nowadays, of course, you wouldn't have a choice. That when a woman directs a blockbuster film, that's something special or unique. Is this something you've seen throughout your life or just trying to get that early job? No, I think there's roadblocks all the way through. Before it used to be male only, and I'd go to a job fair, and they would have astronomy and physics positions and that sort of thing. And they'd have a sign-up that says male only. And I would walk in the room, and they would escort me right back out because it was illegal for me to apply. And I think there's a lot of problems with discrimination now, but they're not as formal as they were when they just stated male only. That's just outrageous by today's standards. I mean, I was going to ask you, how did you know that they were excluding women? And I mean, actually putting a sign out, that's ridiculous. Well, that's what they did back then. But I was reading an article this month in an astronomy page on the Internet. And there's still a lot of limitations to females. And I think it's only about 5% of astronomy professors are women now well we've seen a couple of them on the on the television shows on the on the history channel and the learning channel and they seem to be amy mainzer for example but 
So I think it's opened up a lot more. I think that Jodie Foster's role in Contact maybe helped a little bit of that from a media perspective as well. Yes, and I'm glad <laughs> things are better, but I think there's still problems. <laughs> so could women not get into the Cosmos Club back then? Is that, you know, the one Sagan could, was uh, threatened to be uh, excommunicated from if he didn't let go of the UFO issue? Or do you know about that? I don't remember it right now. Uh, uh, the um, I know he looked down on UFOs, and he was always saying, oh, they're billions and billions and billions of miles away, and they can't get here, and things like that. Well, uh, Dr. Scott, how about telling us some more about your book? Let's, uh, this looks really good, and, and uh, it, it actually it reminds me of another book uh, out of the MUFON um, camp here, the, the UFOs and Government, a Historical Inquiry. I picked that one up when it came out. Very good one by Swords. And uh, yours looks like it's uh, right up there along with that. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, I understand, of course, that Randall got the assignment to come on with me at the last minute. So I did forward him a copy of the version of the book that your publisher, Philip Mantle, sent me. But the didn't have time for him to look at it. I do want to talk to you, though, about some of the key things in the book and the key subjects, especially about government secrecy and UFOs. But before that, have you ever seen anything yourself that you couldn't identify? Uh, we're going to have the answer to that after we do our break. Dr. Irina Scott, she's author of UFOs Today. Our guest co-host is Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. When fresh liquid whey is processed into a dry powder, the special proteins that make up the whey lose their original shapes. They fold in on themselves and lose their functional value. One World Whey undergoes a technological enhancement that we believe restores these potent proteins back to their original shapes the body can use. I chose to try One World Whey first before going to a doctor who would likely only prescribe drugs. To my delight, it worked. After stabbing pain for years, to have it completely gone is a miracle. I'd like to also stress that, for me, it took several months of taking One World Way before I had improvement, and then an entire year for my gut to feel 100% healed. So now I tell my friends, give your body time to make use of the healing power of One World Way. 
Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Investing is a long-term process. How many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me? For your existing IRA, you need the security that gold has provided for centuries. Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. 800-535-7789 That's 800-535-7789 Anytime, anyplace, anywhere Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business One of the best decisions you can make Email advertise at GCNlive.com And partner up with an experienced GCN representative Advertise at GCNlive.com Easy, affordable, effective We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. A reminder here, the best way for you to support the Paracast is to become a member of the Paracast Plus. Join up. We give you this show without the network ads in a better quality format. And we also give you the After the Paracast podcast and lots of other goodies that you don't get just listening to the free show. That's plus.theparacast.com for more information, plus.theparacast.com. So, Irina Scott, have you ever seen a UFO? I saw something mysterious. Have you ever heard of the Marfa Lights? Marfa is a town in Texas where they have sort of repetitive sightings of objects. And it's so famous that they actually have a viewing area. Sort of like the Brown Mountain? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. They have a huge viewing area. And I've been in Marfa, and I've looked at the viewing area and looked for UFOs. And I saw lights. And people were saying, oh, maybe this is a UFO or something. But I thought they were just cars driving along trails in the mountains, because where they're mainly seen is in the mountains, mountain range south of Marfa. And I, I was there and I saw lights, but they didn't impress me at all. 
but I knew people that live, well, actually on top of a volcano, but extinct, in the mountains north of Marfa. And I was staying in a place that had a big picture window and a deck, and they looked out over Marfa. Marfa was about 20 miles away. It was about the only town you could see was up in the air and in the desert. So I was very familiar with looking at Marfa in all kinds of circumstances, dark and light and everything else. And I had a camcorder with a telephoto. And so one night, very late at night, I saw a light over Marfa, a big light. I thought, well, this is probably an airplane. And so I ran for my camera, but I thought it's going to be gone by the time I get back. And I got back and said it was still there. And so I started photographing it. And I photographed it for half an hour, and it stayed there. It would very, very slowly blink off and blink back on. But in general, it didn't move, and it seemed a lot brighter than any of the lights in Marfa. Sometime later, I called the airport to see if they had any reports of anything. And they said no, but the airport closed early. It was just a local airport. And so that was my sighting, and I don't know what it was. So how did it depart, or did it fly away, or did it just sort of, what happened to it? I don't know how it got there or left, because it showed up late at night, and I st- I was just filming away, and I started going to sleep, and so I <laughs> decided to go to bed, and so I don't know how it left. I should have stayed and watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so. In other words, it could have just been some big illuminated balloon or something. Somebody was playing with it, you know, I... It's kind no, of hard to tell us that it, you know, if it was anything truly unusual, unless you could see it perform some sort of maneuver. No, it didn't do anything. It just stayed in the same spot, and that was kind of odd because a balloon ought to move around a little. The airport, I'm sure, would have known if somebody was flying a balloon right over Marfa. <laughs> so I really don't know. And this mm-hmm. was blinking on and off too. Well, when things can be explained, you know, rationally and with normal regular technology then i think it's safe to safer to assume that's probably what it is is something i mean if we could produce that phenomena ourselves and there's an example of how it could be done fairly simply then just because nobody else reported it doesn't mean we should jump to the conclusion that it was something alien or anything like that but it was sounds interesting at least it was unusual well i didn't report it but i was just curious about what it was (laughs) So your book then it deals with quite with stuff prior to the Arnold sighting that was back in June twenty fourth of nineteen forty seven. So I'm guessing there might be some stuff in there about Foo Fighters and Ghost Rockets. There was a little, and the first one, one of the first ones I reported, was by the family of Cordell Hall. Cordell Hall was the longest serving statesman in the United States. He was called the father of the United Nations and Roosevelt wanted him to run for, with, with him for vice president. And who we talked to were the daughters of his cousin. His cousin went to visit him once in Washington and the reports were that Cordell showed him this secret chamber under the Capitol building and it had creatures, they called it, they must not look like humans, preserved in big jars of formaldehyde and some kind of a crashed craft. The daughters said that they told him that 
their father said, don't ever say anything about this until we're long gone. But they finally decided to say something. And they thought this was about 1939. So there's a possibility, I'm not saying it proves anything, that the government knew something for almost 10 years before 1947. Mm, that's interesting. Are you aware of, because of your association with MUFON, the time that James Carrion was director? Uh-huh. Okay, you know he came out with a book called The Rosetta Deception, suggesting that the ghost rockets during World War II especially, and after World War II, were put-up job, evidently to spook the Russians. I didn't read the book, so I don't know. I know there have been suggestions there about government involvement in some of the early cases. But before we even get to that, I want to focus on the main thing here, if you're focusing on covering the book, the lies, misinformation, government cover-up. When do you think the government began to officially engage in the cover-up? I think officially it might be Roswell. But I think unofficially they may have been exploring the subject for maybe a year or more. I was given a document at Wright-Patterson that showed some investigation going on in January of 1947. And there were a lot of sightings reported before that. And so I don't know exactly when. I think they became aware of the subject with the Foo Fighters during the war. And then as better sightings reported, I think they were somebody in the government was studying them. So I couldn't say, but I think they started before Arnold. I don't know that they did, but I mean, there's suggestions that they did. Yeah, we know there was some briefings that took place and that uh, they tried to evaluate the ghost rockets and the Foo Fighters and so on prior to the formation of uh, Project Sign. There's some documents out there that show that. But it doesn't seem like there was really you know, heavy, dedicated investigation. They, they received reports, they filed them away, they didn't do much else with them, uh, at least from what I can see. No, I just meant there was a suggestion that made me wonder. I think officially Project Signs started in 1948, and that would be the official start, I think. But obviously they were paying attention to the subject when the events happened to Arnold. Let's do our break here, guys, and we'll pick up on. We've got more to come with Dr. Irina Scott and Randall Murphy and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 
60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Identity theft is going to ruin your life if you're not prepared. Hi everyone, this is Paul with Liberty ID. Hey, millions of Americans fall victim every year. Odds are your identity has already been compromised and alerts aren't going to save you. The solution is restoration and the only company that provides a money-back guarantee is Liberty ID. Go to Liberty ID and use the promo code FREETRIAL for 60 days free. That's LibertyID.com, promo code FREETRIAL for 60 days free. Cancel at any time. Liberty ID is the industry leader in identity theft restoration with a 100% success rate in restoring our subscribers' identities no matter how they're stolen. Liberty ID fixes the fallout for you. Liberty ID does the work, but you have to be prepared. Go to LibertyID.com, promo code free trial. LibertyID.com, LibertyID.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? On the Paracast with Gene Steinberg, our guest co-host Jay Randall Murphy, our guest, Irina McCammon Scott, Ph.D., author of UFOs Today, 70 Years of Lies, Misinformation, and Government Cover-Up. Now, in terms of the government cover-up, because we're talking about the early days of UFO research, is it just 
an a la carte thing, or is there a specific agency charged with hiding the secret? Well, I've done a lot of investigation at Wright-Patterson, and that's where the official studies that interface with the public took place, such as Project Blue Book and Project Sign and all that. But I didn't think that they did a very good job of investigating, and so I think there was someplace else that was really doing the investigation that didn't interface with the public or it was secret. And I think I worked at Battelle Memorial Institute and they had a project of working on UFOs from Blue Book in the 19, early 1950s. They evaluated the Blue Book reports and uh, did the percentage and statistical analysis of the case studies. And uh, that seems to be quite controversial with the skeptics, but uh, when you really look at it, the way they boiled it down was that, well, it just doesn't seem reasonable to assume that all of these reports are just a subject of misidentifications, hoaxes, and uh, natural phenomena. Well, I think they did an excellent study. And they found out the results that were under the 0.05% probability that they use confidence level that they use in science. So they actually showed that something was happening, but I don't think anybody realized it at the time. And I think the government kind of covered it up. It became available, and uh, you can you know you can look through it and. I think it's definitely one of the better studies out there. And what I like about the, the, say, the golden age of ufology is that you are dealing with accredited institutions and departments within the government. At the time, they didn't really know what they were dealing with. I mean, the real era of uh, disinformation and denial didn't set in until after the Robertson panel. So in the beginning, they did really want to know what these things were. So they, they weren't actively trying to debunk them so much way back then, and you've got really good uh, source reporting. So uh, what's your take on that? My take was that I think Battelle did an excellent uh, job of the statistical study, and they had a lot of ideas on how to investigate things that I've looked through people's papers, and I was just amazed, but they didn't do it, so far as I know. And I think one reason... Behind the secrecy, I mean, I learned this at Battelle, not at um, a government agency, but Battelle had a project called Stork that was already classified, and it was for investigating Russian or artifacts from other countries. And when the UFO subject came up, we just went into Stork, which was already classified, and so I think the same thing happened in the government, that it went under foreign technology, which was a big classified subject. And that's why it's been classified ever since. And so I think it, the subject went into places that nobody knew about. Wright-Patterson was open and it was the interface with the public. And to start with, Wright-Patterson was very interested in UFOs, and they even put out a publication that suggested they were from E.T. But somebody in Washington, different people in Washington, quelched all these ideas, and 
post showed it to the public as just nonsense and something to laugh at. So since then, what, like, they shut down Blue Book and and their official. Uh, publicly known investigations, but obviously the technology that the various governmental agencies possess now has improved immensely. We've got satellites that are out beyond the moon that can look back at the earth and the, and the far side of the moon and everything else. So, we, I mean, where in the government would, would these people be who have access to all the technology that is able to track these things? I mean, obviously, the public doesn't have access to that, so somebody does. Who are they, do you think, in in your opinion? Well, I work for the Defense Intelligence Agency uh, with lots of high security clearances, and I worked in an air order battle section where we were supposed to identify anything that was flying over this area of the Earth. And you'd think if there was any place that they would look for UFOs, it would be there. But nobody said a thing to us about UFOs. And my supervisors found something they couldn't understand. And they reported it as a UFO. And it went to the higher-ups. And the, these were the top people in the DIA looking at the top photo interpreters and photogrammists looking at something they couldn't identify on the ground. I mean, it wasn't on the ground. It was over um, water. But it was on two missions. And I would think that they would let us know something about UFOs because it would come up because we were the people that were watching all the aircraft. So they reported it. And the higher-ups said that it was a flaw in the film. And it obviously wasn't. And they argued with the higher-ups. And the higher-ups continued to say it's a flaw in the film, even though it was on two different missions. And, so, and you have, and you observe, uh, experienced this happening yourself in person? Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. That's fascinating. That's almost like right out of a movie you know, in, uh, where they uh, are tracking an object and, uh, you know, the, the meteor appears to be hovering over a small town in Wisconsin type of thing. Yeah, this was just photography, but it was extremely good at photography. And they couldn't explain what it was, and it definitely, definitely wasn't a flaw in the film because they not only was on two different missions, which 90 minutes around the Earth, but they had some film experts look at it, and they said this is not a flaw. But the higher ups continued to say that, so it gave me the impression that way up in the government, that I mean, we had clearances to look at everything we got on the satellite photography, but. Somebody was just debunking it with us, just like, just like the, they do with anyone else. Even though it was kind of our job to study what we got on the satellite photography. I think there was a, a photo uh, person who was uh, Donna Hare. Was uh, it was is that the right name I'm thinking of? Whose job it was was essentially to she took part in the citizens' hearings and and claimed that. It was her job to actually airbrush out these anomalies on the satellite photos. So uh, that would be another person. Have you made any statements yourself to this effect besides uh, just telling the story on shows? Or is this uh, covered in your book at all? Yeah, it's covered in my book. In more Excellent. Detail. But the, sat- the 
photography would be classified. So, and you know, I obviously couldn't walk out with it or anything. So, um, I can't. I wouldn't be able to say anything. Anymore. What did these things look like? I mean, could could they be clearly discerned, or were they just sort of blips or splotches, or what? What did they look like actually? This looked pretty clear. Uh, I didn't actually measure it, but it looked like a round object with a dome. It was over water, and you could see it wasn't in the water, and it moved a little bit. And it wasn't in any of the aircraft that anybody knew about in that area at all, because we kept pretty good track of the aircraft that were in the area. Very interesting. And uh, and to your knowledge, none of these photographs have been leaked out to the public or anything like that or found in any UFO books? Before you answer it, let's do a cliffhanger. And then we'll continue with Dr. Irina Scott, J. Randall Murphy, and Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are you one of the 15 million men who suffer from an enlarged prostate? If your life revolves around finding the closest bathroom, if you're tired of waking up many times a night to urinate, then you need to know about Prostate Miracle. Prostate Miracle contains beta-cytosterol, which is 3,000 times stronger than salt palmetto. To claim your $10 Patriot discount, go to ProstateMiracle.com and enter promo code PATRIOT. Or call 877-965-2140. That's 877-965-2140. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. 
Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. About six months ago, my wife bought Extendivite. She didn't tell me she was giving it to me. So after about three days, I said, maybe, you know, maybe the weather's changed or something. I said, my, my, my legs feel really good. And she goes, well, I've been giving you this stuff, and it was the Extendivite. And you know that I'm about 75% better. I can actually climb stairs now, and I can get up out of chairs. I can, I can even get down, and, you know, I got to work under a table or a computer table and work on a computer. I can actually get back up off the floor. You know what? It's an amazing product. I can't believe, I didn't think anything short of having surgery was going to help. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit partdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're back with Dr. Irina Scott as she prepares to engage in a further discussion with our guest co-host, Jay Randall Murphy. Oh, we were just uh, trying to determine if if Dr. Scott knows of any... uh, leaked information that includes photographs or anything like that nothing came out from where i was working because it was all classified i mean the photography is classified and i don't know if i leaked information from that area at all so these objects that you you saw i mean could you tell that they were structured craft or did they i mean i just we just saw one but oh, okay it, it was definitely structured because I took the photographs we had and um, manipulated them so they were all on the same scale and everything. And looked in stereo, and they were definitely something there. Okay, and then so um, at what altitude would this have been at, do you figure? I figure it was airplane altitude, but I, I don't really know. Can, so, but uh, definitely off the ground at some distance, not in space, in the atmosphere some po- someplace? Yeah, not in space. Okay. And, uh, okay, so round in shape, uh, metallic at all, or? I couldn't tell, but it looked like it probably was. It looked just like an airplane. Oh, if it looked like an airplane, then maybe it was an airplane. Or well, did you mean by looked like an airplane? It didn't look like an airplane, but had similar textural features. If it was metallic, and I mean the surface looked like an airplane, the thing didn't look like an airplane. Ah, okay. So, um, and you, I imagine, would have seen balloons like the skyhooks or something similar in films before, so you could distinguish between something like a high-altitude research balloon from what this object would have been? 
Well, my supervisors were above me, and they definitely thought it was something there that was very unusual. And uh, about what year would that have been? It was in the 1960s. Oh, okay. I believe that was the era of the Skyhooks, but uh, I'd have to look that up to be sure. Well, uh, those, were, those were huge metallic uh, balloons that uh, would, would have looked round from above. So are you talking about a satellite photo, like taken down on the earth, toward the Earth, or, or where were these pictures taken from? Satellite photo taken down on the Earth. Oh, very interesting. And it would have been out of focus if it was way up. It was focused for about airplane height and to the ground. Any other interesting details before we move on the subject? Well, it wasn't me that reported. It was my supervisors, and one of them was pretty high in the government. And so it wasn't just something I imagined. It was something that they reported, and they were top experts. So you figure there's somebody else up there above your level in the government that gets these reports, obviously it was reported, and then they just sort of uh, slough it off and, and try to hand wave it to the, to the lower people, and we still don't know really who it is up there that deals with uh, the really interesting stuff then. Well, I thought it came from the CIA, and I also thought if they were professional people, they sh- that was part of our job to identify things. And if they were professional and they thought it was something different, well, they should have explained why and talked to us about it to improve our ability to work. Instead, they just said, this is a flaw in the film, which was very, very obviously not true. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you've uh, heard of an author, Howard Blum, he wrote a book called Out There, in which he claims to have had an insider, sounds very much like yourself, who revealed to him that this type of thing does go on. And uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting, too. So you're kind of like uh, an actual real live person who was there and has seen something like this take place. Yes, and that caused me to be very suspicious of the government. And I also found out later that the DIA actually was investigating UFOs at the time that happened, too. But I didn't know it when I was working there. I, at that time, I wasn't too interested in UFOs. And if I'd have known then I was going to write a book in the future, well, I'd have paid a lot more attention. But it's something that still was turned in by my superiors. And um, there were top photo interpreters, photogrammers. Quick question here, Irina. Did anyone you work for ever tell you get off the UFO subject? I wasn't into the UFO subject then. I don't think they harassed my supervisors because they were kind of higher ups. So, but whoever they reported to did. What? So, what do you think these things are then? Do you? I mean, we you've been in it for quite a while. You've studied it. You've seen some strange stuff yourself. What? In your evaluation, do you think these uh, objects are that are the subject of sighting reports? Actually, I hate to say it, but I don't have any idea. I've studied it, and as I studied it, I keep thinking, well, maybe I'll find out or have an idea. But I don't. I don't understand it at all. And I even wonder if they're material objects or something somebody can cause people to see. I mean, not somebody, but some force can 
cause people to see. That's interesting because we have a question in the forum here about MUFON and uh, it's uh, what he calls its lockstep adherence to the ETH. So you're not personally heavily invested in the ETH. You're still going well. There's something strange, but I don't know what it is. Yes. <laughs> and uh, what do you think of MUFON's policy then? Do you, do you get any kind of uh, blowback from them on sort of your ambivalence about what they are? Or you know, do you think that there's studying the UFOs for the benefit of humanity? Do you think that they've really got any true scientific information there to, to go on? Or what's your opinion on that? I don't know. I think they're one thing they're doing that's real good is just collecting the information. Because whatever theory anybody has, it might change in the future. And if you have a lot of information, you can put different, you can test out different theories. So I think their database is very good. But is it something you would classify yourself as truly scientific? I mean, they, they really make a point of saying, you know, the scientific investigation of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. And, and to that the skeptics, uh, that's just a call for, for being accused of doing pseudoscience because they don't consider just, you know, somebody reporting something on a website as being really all that um, evidentiary. Like, where do you draw the line for evidence then in terms of what you would qualify as scientific versus urban legend or just uh, something anecdotal, casual? Well, I think there's been some good scientific studies done. And, for example, when uh, talking to people at Battelle, they had really good ideas on how to study the objects, such as setting up a study area, getting a control group, and things like that that would just be like you'd write, you'd use the information for a scientific paper and to get certain types of photography of them and that sort of thing it'd be very hard because there's not millions of ufos flying around all the time but the project so far as i know was never done at all although they just had excellent ideas and um another real good study was by dr harley rutledge i think his book is called project identification and he was a physics professor and um, there had been a flap around where he was. It was 1973, and he thought he would go out and solve the whole problem in a week or two. So he took a contingent and did a field study. And his report was very good, too, because they had, like, real-time studies of UFOs. But I think it, there's probably going to be lots of theories now and in the future and just having information, even if some of it's wrong, is very handy. Oh, definitely. Go ahead, Gene. All right. I want to ask you a couple of more things since we are on the subject of MUFON. And we know you don't speak for the organization, but it may be interesting anyway. Dr. Irina Scott, UFOs Today is the book, and we're covering the cover-up of UFOs and also elements regarding MUFON. And their research, 
Jay Randall Murphy is the guest co-host. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part? It's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. Soul Arc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. Is that Ellen painting her garage? Yesterday she was trimming her hedges. What's her secret? I heard she was eating this new super berry called the Aronia Berry. Aronia what? Aronia Berries from superberries.com. They're known for having one of the highest levels of antioxidants that helps with overall wellness. Where can we get them? Go to superberries.com slash radio. And right now we get a free smoothie recipe book with our order. Plus we can save $4 at checkout. (laughs) I can't wait. I've got lots of projects I need to get done. Yes, you do. Choose health. Eat purple. Superberries.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Chris O'Brien is waiting for his internet connection still. In fact, where he lives, the boondocks are boondocks or something like that. Anyway, we continue with Dr. Irina Scott. I wanted to ask you here, with regard to MUFON, there have been some controversies about MUFON in recent months. Have you kept abreast of that? I've read some of it. Well, I just want to get your take on some of it. I mean, I'm assuming here that you're not going to obviously speak for the organization or anything, but you (laughs) don't want to get you in trouble here. Yeah. Actually, we're troublemakers, so sometimes we do, but don't want to get you in trouble. So with MUFON, they had this brouhaha over a certain state director who made some racially charged remarks on Facebook. And finally, they let him go as the state director in Pennsylvania. And that caused some problems. Were you acquainted with that? Well, I read about it, and... um I don't think I was directly acquainted with it. He wrote to me later and uh, gave me an invitation to a friendship information uh, 
invitation on Facebook, and I rejected that. <laughs> it's got an organization, I think, in a troubling position where somebody who has a public posture with the organization is state director. He's a co-host of the Hangar One TV show, John Ventry. And he's making these statements, and suddenly the organization's kind of been put in the crosshairs. It's hard enough to make UFOs respectable. But if you got something like this happening, it's got to make everyone uncomfortable, don't you think? It made a number of people uncomfortable and a number of people quit MUFON. I mean, I'm a low-level person now, and but I several people did. There was This came not long after, um, you've probably heard of Erica Lukes. She was telling a story about her experiences um, uh, just just being a female in the organization, and and you had mentioned you had some issues with being uh, female with respect to astronomy. Uh, have you run into any uh, flack yourself, or that might corroborate Erica's claims, or do you find that everything has been fine for you? Several years ago, I was on the board of MUFON as the director of publications. But I got very busy, and they reorganized, and I just wasn't very active from them on. From then on, and so, yes, I think things are difficult for females, and some other people I know have really complained about that sort of thing for from several uh, UFO organizations. So not just you move on itself, but you're finding it's kind of an old boys club kind of thing? Uh-huh. What could we do to change that? The old boys ought to... <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, yeah. if they all get old and die off, then it doesn't matter because attrition will take care of it. Yeah, I think there's some people that are really bigoted. And I hope they're older people. <laughs> well, we hope then we don't want them to necessarily die off, but maybe they'll retire. I didn't mean silence or dying. I just retiring. You know, that's what I'm thinking of, sure. That they'll retire and that will be the end of it. What about the inner circle in MUFON where you give a $5,000 a year? Mm-hmm. Now, I can think of spending $5,000 a year if I had it on other things. But you give $5,000 a year and you get yourself into this little space. And it had, as of the last time I checked, 13 members, four of which have served as international director. That almost leads you to believe that the first step to become director, other than James Carrion, uh, someone I didn't think had that kind of wealth, you buy your way into the organization first with a donation. What do you think? Yeah, I read that too, and I think some people are still in there that maybe shouldn't be. I mean, that's my opinion. Um, But uh, just as long as they don't have any power, and they may have power, so I don't know. Buying your way in doesn't sound like a good idea, but in practice it's done a whole lot of places besides UFO organizations. Yeah, I guess there's no accepting any bureaucratic structure from the possibility of corruption when it's set up that way to facilitate it if that's what someone wants to do. So 
I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. But maybe returning to your book here, uh, if I could ask you, uh, Dr. Scott, uh, that you've got quite a bit of historical information in there. And in your, in your mind, what does it all add up to? If you could sort of sum up in your own mind, well, what is this book? What is the real message that this book is trying to get out? Or is there something that, you know, besides, well, just, this is a collection of information and there it is, or have you got something uh, uh, more pertinent, more focused? What are you trying to say with this book? What I'm trying to say very, very basically is that I don't think we exactly know what the UFO phenomena is, but that I don't think it's necessarily a spacecraft from other planets. That might be a part of it, but I think it's a lot more complex than that. But I think experiments could be done to show more about its nature that haven't been done. What kind of experiments? Well, for example, um, one of the Patel ideas in one of mine would be to photograph the spectrum of a UFO, such as if you see one glowing. I mean, this would be very hard to do because they don't show up on time, and you just have to wait and see if you see one. But I think that would be very good uh, study to just see what their spectrum is composed of, I mean, in the case of glowing UFOs. And I think, I mean, there's a lot of technology you could come to apply with them, and you could do a lot more with statistics, such as um, some people, if a few people see one, very, very very, very few people see more than one, and some people see a number. And also there's different patterns with people, such as some people see have an experience when they're young and then have experiences later. But their questionnaires don't ask how many you've seen and at what age and that sort of thing. And I excuse think me, excuse me, Irina. Bless you for saying that. This is an argument I've had about MUFON for a while, that they focus in their sighting reports on the event, not the person who experiences that event. Yeah, I think a lot more information would come out of it if there were more information on the people, because there's a lot more studies you could do on that, and that may be just as pertinent as a description of what they think is an aircraft that might not be. I know I mentioned this to Jan Harzan when he was on the show. Mm-hmm. And the best I could say is he said he'd look into it, which he probably won't. He said, well, we collect information if it's given to us, if it's volunteered. But that's not being proactive in knowing how to ask those questions to bring it out of people. I assume that takes some kind of level of training, too. You just don't walk in there and you ask some sometimes very private details about a person's life experiences and how it might relate to UFOs. Did they see ghosts? Did they see Bigfoot? You know, all these things. What about the family members? Did they have a history of strange experiences? Sometimes a particular family, as you know, 
tends to see more things than other families. My family, of course, must be a big zero, but that's how it goes. Dr. Irina Scott, with Gene and with Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-557-0158. That's 800-557-0158. Again, 800-557-0158. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. 
Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP hardened generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP hardened solar generator energy insurance. For your family or business, call Portable Solar LLC today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, a little foray briefly into MUFON, and now we're going to get on to other subjects, except for the last thing. So, Irina, MUFON's last symposium were you at it no okay so they instead of talking about ufos they're talking about the secret space program they're bringing on some people of different capabilities and reliability including a couple of time travelers (laughs) now this is an organization designed for the scientific exploration of ufos where's a justification to have an event like that other than to fill seats I don't know because I just started reading about some of the speakers and what they said. I just haven't had time to get into reading too much about it. So I don't have too much of an opinion right now. I apologize for that. I'm reading things now, but I didn't I don't have any much of a background because I just didn't have time to do it last week. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing to apologize for. These things come. We're just trying to get the focus of UFO investigation and where things are occurring. Let's get back to your story because you spend so much on the field and a lot of the people in the field and also a lot of the background in terms of the history and the the efforts to cover up the UFO mystery. Now, is that going on today, or is that mostly long ago and far away in the early years of the UFO field? Do they even care anymore? Yeah, I think there's still UFO sightings. I think it's a, it's kind of more difficult to study in a way because people can fake all kinds of things. And well, let's talk so- about sightings so much as the cover-up. Okay. Yeah, I think there's still a cover-up. Because what people are reluctant to report anything, for one thing. And I think if there were no cover-up, people would be out in the open reporting things. Because most people that have sightings don't report them. And that's a cover-up just mentally of causing people to think everybody would say you're crazy and you're lying and that sort of thing. But do they really? I mean, when we we see the polls, there's actually a lot of people who do recognize that the phenomenon is legitimate. And how much of this is just sort of uh, hype and how much of it is actually true? Whenever I've done some research into this, I haven't really found a lot of examples where people have really actually been uh, harmed in any way by saying that they uh, are interested in UFOs. In fact, sometimes quite the opposite. So, 
it seems like almost it's a self-perpetuating myth by saying, well, we can't talk about it because everybody will think we're crazy, but everybody out there already knows it. So we're really not that crazy after all. Well, it's like the government has been making fun of UFOs ever since almost they started. And they've come up with ridiculous explanations for what people see. And you'd think the whole idea would just go away because the government has, you know, has insinuated that there's no UFOs and if anybody sees them, they're crazy. But people are still highly interested and still open-minded. And I think that's because a lot of people have some UFO experiences, even though they don't talk about it. Actually, I think what the government says, their official line, is that they don't represent a threat to national security. They, they don't actually tell people you're crazy. There was some suggestion by the CIA that, that witnesses should be ridiculed, but that was a long time ago. And since then, I mean, it's one of the most popular subjects in modern culture now. It's in advertising, it's in books, it's on TV. Anywhere you look, it's infiltrated its way right into pretty much everything that we do. So... I, actually, I think the, the stigmatism is a whole lot less powerful than what people sometimes make it out to be. I mean, I've never really had a problem myself. I tell people I'm into UFOs, and they go, oh, cool. That's interesting. Have you ever seen one? I was working as news director of a radio station in southeast Pennsylvania, and we had all those sightings in the early 70s. So I carried the stories. I was also putting out a UFO magazine. At no time did my bosses at the radio station come to me and say, what are you doing this craziness for? So either they were interested or just didn't care. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you got guys like George Knapp. He's like a legitimate news person on a television station. He does this all the time. When they brought on Hillary Clinton and she indicated an interest in UFOs, oh, they're called UAPs now, that kind of thing. It was reported very straight. And as much as they criticized her for a thousand different things, real or imagined, when it came to UFOs, nobody attacked her. They asked those questions seriously. Right. So, you know, I think it might be a whole lot less um, impactful on people's lives. I mean, this is one of the things the skeptics bring up, is when people make this argument that it's uh, something that you just can't talk about. They did a a study on uh, airline pilots And although there's a bunch of sort of stories and urban myths, they couldn't find a single example of any airline pilot who had reported a case and actually was censured by anybody. I mean, this is what they say. There's just aren't any. You know, they say, well, we don't want to import. We have to report it. Maybe it's extra paperwork or something. But, you know, nobody's getting demoted or fired or something like that. that that we know of that there's actually evidence for. So maybe what we need to do is instead of, you know, constantly saying, oh, we can't talk about it because of the stigmatism, we should be saying, what stigmatism? You know, that was a 1950s Cold War thing. It's like calling everybody communists. It's long past and and gone. So let's let's just say, get it out there in the open. Don't be afraid. Talk about it if you've seen one. Well, I attempted to publish some UFO uh, items in the scientific literature, and I was able to, which I was quite happy about. I, it, I published the information in a scientific way, though. But on the other hand, some of my relatives, even, when they found out I was writing a book on UFOs, really harassed me and started telling me all about how the stars are too far away, you can't 
get there from here or there, here from there and all that. So I think there's different harassments in different places. Oh, sure. There's pros and cons. There, it is a controversial subject. But I mean, even the fact that they knew about it and were willing to talk about it and they had some idea meant that they'd kind of looked into it from one point of view. So what did you tell them? I mean, you've taken re- astronomy. Did you have a, a rebuttal for the stars are too far away? They can't get here from there? I would obviously have the rebuttal that we may not be the highest level of intelligence in the universe because the universe has been here for like almost 14 billion years and we've only been here about several hundred thousand entities could be way ahead of us so far ahead of us that we wouldn't even comprehend anything about them so that's one argument i would give but still people seem to think it's a scientific view that ufos are flim flam and that anybody that writes a book about it or anything is just out to get people and get money from people's vulnerability and all that. I'm Gene Steinberg. She's Dr. Irina Scott. And we have Jay Randall Murphy with us. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. At Humalife, we believe your health is your wealth. That's why we offer an exclusive potent and pure selection of Omri certified 100% organic humic and fulvic acid concentrates. These two acids stop viruses and harmful bacteria and increase frequency, vibration, and vitality. In fact, they're called the missing link to your health. Pure liquid organic ATP energy rebuilds and regrows the immune system. You are the doctor at Humalife. You know best because you are the test. Find out more at humalifeusa.com. That's humalifeusa.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. A great president once said, The nine most feared words in the English language. I am from the government and I am here to help. Adequacy of loss absorbing capacity. You call that help? 
That's the mandate approved by the G20. The banks can steal your money. Well, they can't steal your gold and silver that you fully control. You can have it delivered into an IRA at a depository under lock and key where you can hide it where no one can find it, not even your wife. What? Sorry, honey. Your CDs, money market accounts, and savings accounts are all at risk. Call GSI Exchange at 800-474-9159. We have 75 years of market experience. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. 800-474-9159. Call now and get a free bank failure survival guide. 800-474-9159. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step one, stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-945-1063. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-945-1063. Step three, congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-945-1063. That's 1-800-945-1063. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Briefly, Irina, when you mentioned being in it for the book, writing a UFO book, as you know full well, having written a UFO book, very, very few people who do this sort of thing make very much money at it. That was my impression. (laughs) And I think a lot of the research is done as volunteers because there's no government study. But I think there's there's nothing against them from the government, from people. I think there is because I think it's kind of important if a certain amount of people see and experience the UFO phenomena but I think that if the government were serious, they would do a serious study, and they haven't that I know of. I mean, they're not appropriating any money to study UFOs that I know of. Well, unless you look at the trillions of dollars that the Secretary Rumsfeld suggested were missing from the Pentagon in a statement before 9-11. You heard that one, didn't you? Yeah, it could be, but um, and may, I'm not arguing that it isn't. I'm just uh, saying that I don't think there's too much evidence that there is, but obviously if it was black budget, you wouldn't know. But if they knew, well, you'd think they would say something. To paraphrase the phrase in that movie, well, you don't believe they're spending $700 to make a toilet seat, do you? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think, though, in terms of keeping the secret or debunking UFOs, does the government have guilty knowledge of anything? Do they know an answer, or is it something that is going on and they are as clueless as the rest of us? Well, I would 
guess from my experience with the DIA that there's probably people in the government in very compartmental places with certain security clearances that maybe know about it. But I don't think it's anything general in the government. I mean, if you go up and ask somebody in CIA, UFOs exist, well, they'll give their own opinion because there's no CIA opinion. But there's probably higher-ups that do know something. You have to have a certain security clearances to find out about it. And they, of course, have the equipment to do the kind of research that you talk about, say, doing spectral analysis or measurements from, by radar or LIDAR, whatever they happen to have that can track this stuff. So somebody there knows a whole lot more than we do, and they're not telling us. That much is, is in my opinion, a certainty. But, I mean, are they justified in not telling us? I mean, perhaps so. The, the detection methods that they use to be able to track these things is going to be classified in and of itself. And thereby, if they tell us how they were able to track it, and they tell us all the details about what was tracked, then that's going to reveal possibly classified information about the capability of their tracking detection equipment. So really, maybe there's a legitimate reason for them to not tell us about that. I mean, okay, there's something up there. They're not a threat to national security, but that's about all we can say. And that's pretty much about what they have said. You know, when you think about it, it's not like there's been a huge cover-up. There's been declassified documents. People from who've been involved have come out and made statements before the public about it. So, you know, it's not as big a cover-up as maybe some people might claim. I don't know, because... If they knew, if particular people in the government knew something, no matter how horrible it was, I think it, they should open up and say what they know. Even they don't have to say specifically how they got the information, but nobody, no authority has come and said, "Yeah, that's right," and officially said anything. Well, yeah, I, again, I, I would agree that it would be nice if we were to know, but I mean, if, unless they can give us some details that are believable, nobody is going to believe it. And then if they do give us details that are believable, people are going to wonder how they got it, including people who might be enemies of the state. And they're going to go, oh, well, they can track that and they know this and they're looking here and they've got that ability. So that type of stuff, I can see having a legitimate classification where people you know they really shouldn't say anything about it so it leaves us in the in the public sector to sort of come up with studies of our own i'm noticing here that uh you, you mentioned the optical spectra studies uh you've heard of bruce maccabee i i trust yeah he yeah he did uh, a reanalysis of the battelmore memorial institute project blue book files so i imagine if you haven't seen that, that you might be interested because he is an optical physicist who looked at that specific information. Uh, and have you heard of Ray Stanford? I have uh, Bruce's book, and I've talked to him about UFOs a little bit. About Ray Stanford? Yeah, Ray Stanford, um, our Christopher O'Brien, he believes that Ray Stanford has some really good information and pictures. And from, if I recall correctly, that some of them do have this kind of uh, spectral study 
going on, on with it actually right now. If you were to get a hold of Chris, he could give you uh, put, probably put you in touch with Stanford because apparently if you've got some credentials like you have, uh, he's willing to share some of this information. And if it uh, seems to be legitimate and can be peer-reviewed, he, he will release it. So if I could maybe point you in that direction, that might be something you could be interested in. Oh, yeah, I'd be real interested. Is any <laughs> well, you can help me get in contact with him. That would be great. Also, if you check the archives of our radio shows on the Powercast at thepowercast.com, we did several episodes with Ray Stanford. Of course, his claim to fame is the investigation that he did on the Sicaro, New Mexico case. So that particular case, I know that you've heard of Kevin Randall. He's writing a book now on Sicaro. Did you look at that case at all for your book? Sicaro? Yeah. Or Roswell. The Zamora case, you know, the policeman yeah. there? Yeah, I've looked at it and read it, and I know somebody that had been debunking it for three years, but I think it's an excellent case because they even found the imprints in the desert when they went out to look for it later. And I think it was one of the events that caused Dr. Heineck to start considering that uh, UFOs may be real. I assume the person you're talking to about skepticism over Sicaro is Anthony Bergaglia, right? But um, I think if what he said was true, that it would take a lot more technology to do it than just a few students from a university. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking about now. That's There was some liner notes and some documents that suggested that it might be a prank by some of the polytechnic uh, technical facility there, and that, that, that just doesn't, it really doesn't wash with what Zamora experienced. Um, yeah, that was my opinion. It's also interesting this came up recently, but it hasn't gone very far. I did invite Brigalia to maybe debate with Ray Stanford over Sicaro, but he's not inclined to want to go on radio shows, I guess. So that's where it goes. Let's just move back because we're covering the early part of the UFO field and we'll bring up the R word, Roswell. Mm -hmm. Now, you had met up with somebody who might have been a possible new witness to the case. But in general, before we go into that segment of the book, and we'll carry this over to our next segment, do you believe that Roswell represents some kind of unknown phenomenon? Was it a test aircraft, a balloon? What do you think? We're going to find out in our next segment. I want to remind listeners to check out the Paracast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com. You get the commercial-free version of this show, the After the Paracast podcast, and more. With Gene and our guest co-host, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's 
legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Welcome aboard. Your new science fiction adventure is ready to launch. Discover an amazing journey at galaxyquestbooks.com. Start a new sci-fi adventure with the Guardian series, a classic sci-fi mystery that starts 500 years in the future. From author D. Arthur Gussner. Series available from Barnes & Noble or Amazon as paperback or ebooks. galaxyquestbooks.com, where the adventure begins. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2979-855-700-2979-855-700-2979. That's 855-700-2979. You want to save money in a place that gives you growth, control, and certainty without stock market risk or tax risk, and you want guarantees and you want it all tax-free. That's a tall order. But you can get all of that with properly designed participating whole life insurance. Most people think life insurance pays after you're dead. That's true. But you can have tax-free access to use your life insurance while you're alive. Get the free book to find out how. Call 702-660-7000.
Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Irina Scott, what do you think about Roswell? Well, I investigated it from several different angles, and some in Mattel, too, because they thought if anything, if any material went to Wright-Patterson, where it would go would be Battelle Memorial Institute. Battelle Memorial Institute is a, I think it's the largest private research institute. Uh, they were developers of the Xerox and the CD and different things like that. And they had real good metallurgists who worked on the Manhattan Project and they had, were important in developing the atomic bomb. And they also have been in charge of Hanford and Oak Ridge and different places like that. They're really experts on metallurgic and that sort of thing. When they did the study, which you're referring to, the SR-14, what the people they hired, the people at Project Blue Book hired to do this study, were metallurgists. And I mean, that wasn't the field they needed at all. They were trying to do a statistical study, and invent a questionnaire. And so they hired metallurgists. And in Battelle, from way, way back, before anybody heard of Roswell, there, it was strongly in the grapevine that everybody's wondering if they were looking at artifacts because of having the metallurgists. And people went to great trouble to question them. And nobody ever cracked, as they say. But... Um, I did publish one thing of where one of the scientists, and he was a good scientist, he was in the American Men of Science, and um, he wrote research papers on things that were with people, about metallurgy, with people that um, had been on the Blue Book study also. And he told somebody way back in the 50s that he had studied um, material not of this world, and he had an, something like an I-beam with hieroglyphics on it, or some kind of writing he was supposed to identify. And he just come out and said he was working on this project from something from a different world. And I published that in 1994. And then in the book Witness to Roswell, they wrote about it. And then it was all over the internet for quite a while about memory metal and this person at Mattel, and what I'd uncovered, and nitronol and all that. So I did come up with something that suggested that Mattel was working on something from Roswell or some kind of extraterrestrial material, and I had reported that. And there were a number of other things that made me think something was going on. For example, the government explained it as a mogul balloon. And these were top people. I mean, Roswell, the 509th Air Force Division, were who dropped the bombs on Japan. And they were really top people. And so you wouldn't think they would mistake a balloon for a craft from another planet. <laughs> and I was just investigating from several angles. 
But there was no real corroborating evidence that, that BMI actually did have in its possession any of the materials. This is um, sort of passed along information, anecdotal evidence, so to speak. Yeah. Never ran, okay, so you never ran across any actual reports at the Institute uh, that were documented or anything like that? Just the um, pentagram letter from Howard Cross from Mattel, where, I mean, he just said that they were working on UFOs and developing studies. But, um, I mean, that's pretty hardcore evidence. That was reported a long time ago. And um, one thing I would say is hard evidence is that they were giving a radio broadcast from Roswell while the airplane was taking material to Wright-Patterson. And the announcer stopped right in the middle and said he had called Wright-Patterson and they were expecting the airplane to come in any minute. And I'd say that's pretty good evidence that something was sent from Roswell to Wright-Patterson. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think that there's a number of things about Roswell that that we can safely assume that something did happen, that some materials were picked up, and uh, that they were shipped off and studied someplace. Uh, It also doesn't seem reasonable that it was a mogul balloon or a weather balloon. But apart from that, I mean, we really don't know what it was, and the rest is sort of urban myth. So uh, it's... Nobody actually saw the ship crash or saw a ship itself, you know, in in the process of this. There's a bunch of materials. And so I'm not sure that we can really take Roswell as to be the smoking gun we maybe once thought it was. Yeah, it was funny, though, because, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, that's true or not true. I'm just listing things. But I talked to the daughter of... Hout, who was the announcer that announced that they had found a flying disc. And she said that the higher-ups had told him to announce that. And then later, they said, take it back, that there was no crash or no disc or anything. And that seemed a little bit fishy, too, so I just don't know. You know, Stan Friedman, he's um, he was right in on those investigations back at the beginning, and... Uh, what do you think about the whole MJ-12 affair? Do you do you think that uh, there was such a thing? And and what do you make of the documents themselves? I had worked for the government, and I saw real documents. And with the MJ-12, I mean, I, I'm not a professional ufologist. I worked in science my whole life. And so I didn't have vast amounts of time to study things. But I couldn't find any, I mean, the um, MJ-12 are purported to be government documents that are leaked. But I couldn't find any evidence at all where you can trace them back to the government. So I just never paid too much attention to them. The last one that came out was, uh, I think it was came out around the 1st of June. It's an MJ-12 paper that said it was from the DIA and talked about this living alien that like strawberry ice cream and everything, which I had heard before. But it just impressed me as rather fake. <laughs> That's the curious thing with me that I find. I mean, either this was a really clever hoax by somebody that Friedman became affiliated with, perhaps unknowingly, 
uh, you know, almost brilliant as an idea to perhaps shake the tree and see if something shakes out. Or what we've got is people preparing these documents who we don't know who they are actually going into the 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 Library of Congress and planting them there to be found. So and it's like somebody's going to real great length to put information out there that would make us think that, well, no, nothing really happened. And so maybe that in itself is kind of suspicious. Uh, I mean, it's suspicious because somebody went to a lot of trouble to check things out and get the reports right. I don't think it'd be too hard to get the font and everything on everything like that on the documents, but the information in them I think would be very difficult. And it's, somebody went to a lot of trouble to do that. And nobody's come out to say, well, it was me. This shows how gullible UFO researchers are. I mean, there have been hoaxes planted by skeptics in the past, but nobody's come out to say, yeah, yeah, it was us. You know, we went in and we did it. This just shows how easily it can all be faked. Instead, nothing. I mean, the whole thing is really quite curious, and Friedman still believes, I believe, that one document is genuine and that he sort of suggested the rest have been just kind of a smokescreen put out there by these sort of unseen people who, who knows who exactly they work for, if they work for anyone. Well, yeah, part of that hoax was due to two people, Condor and Falcon, they were called, and they were, I think it was UFO Live or something, a TV show in the ni- late 1980s that convinced, that just um, looked like a real government, something real the government was showing. And one time when I was at Wright-Patterson, I was sent by my employer. But I stopped by the Skywriter, which is the Wright-Patterson newspaper, and put out an ad asking for informants, which I didn't expect to find, but anyway. Um, But I did. And the person that answered was called uh, Bob Collins. With Gene and with J. Randall Murphy, we continue. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. 
The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Everything you've been told about identity theft prevention is a flat-out lie. No one can prevent identity theft. No one. Go to LibertyID.com and use the promo code FREETRIAL for 60 days free. Cancel at any time. Liberty ID is the industry leader in identity theft restoration. Liberty ID fixes the fallout for you. Liberty ID does all the work, but you have to be prepared. Go to LibertyID.com, promo code FREETRIAL, LibertyID.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Dr. Irina Scott and Gene Steinberg and J. Randall Murphy. Our usual co-host, of course, is Chris O'Brien. He's offline and was not expected to get his internet back till later today. I think the silence group is after him. Irina, you started to talk about someone named Bob Collins, someone whom we've heard of. Go ahead, please. Yeah, he was identified as Condor in the program, and he worked with a person named Falcon. And Falcon was, oh, I forget. Well, they were part of that aviary group. Yeah. Falcon was somebody that was working for the government. And I can't remember his name right now. Dodie? Um, Yeah, Dodie. Dodie is a pretty wacky character and doesn't carry a lot of credibility. We've tried to get him on the Paracast. Bob Collins was on one of our early episodes. And Dodie kept saying, no, 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 no. But this is the kind of group of people you think Bob Collins, Richard Doty may have been re- responsible for things like MJ-12. Yeah, I think they had ties to that. And they are like, especially Doty, were kind of debunkers that were giving bad information to people. And Doty had given bad information to several people. And you don't know exactly what their con- contacts of the government were. And Doty was presented as being somebody high in the government that was leaking. Which, yeah, if you could believe him, he's gone on record saying that he actually paid people to uh, put out disinformation. Yeah, so I met Collins, and at the time I was talking to him, I didn't know who he was, didn't know about Condor or anything. But he had a lot of information that was just like that about the about what Doty had done, and about um, they had given bad information to Benowitz, who was a physicist, and they gave so much. He was kind of exploring UFOs, and they gave so much bad information to him that he kind of had a nervous breakdown. Right, we had a guest on a few times on the show, one of our friends, Greg Bishop, 
who wrote the book Project Beta, which tells in large part about Benowitz. So he is the go-to guy for that. Well, that was a pretty good example of the government deliberately giving people bad information. So they were tied with the MJ-12. And like Collins told us all about this uh, alien that lived with one of the people and that likes the strawberry ice cream and everything, which kind of came from the MJ-12. And so I thought people like them were tied in with the MJ-12. And the the history of the MJ-12 was sort of, it kind of started out as a fake thing to start with way back, where they were writing a book, a fiction book, and then it kind of turned out more and more, where they presented it as actual leaks from the government. Well, this is certainly yeah. something that was interesting, this Alien Who Likes Strawberry Ice Cream. That came out of a new round of MJ-12 documents that was presented online couple of months back. And that one was taking the Aztec New Mexico crash seriously. And that's something that I think most of us have determined has no reality to it. Or do you have a different opinion? Do you write at all about Aztec? No. I covered different things about Roswell, but I don't think I covered Aztec or maybe I just mentioned it. I wrote about Collins, though, and some of the things he told us. Uh, yeah, that's all really interesting information. That uh, And so you'd actually had some contact with this aviary group yourself while you were employed uh, with the department. So that's pretty interesting. And, you know, I, I just find it fascinating that, well, that we can determine, well, something did happen at Roswell. We don't know what. And then this whole convoluted MJ-12 affair kind of manifests itself out of these shadowy figures that are sort of connected with both sides of the of the story it's and it's really uh, to me it speaks to the possibility that there really is more going on there than what they're saying i mean the mogul balloon cover-up that's obviously been debunked as well so something went on we don't we can't say it was necessarily an alien craft but definitely something was going on yes and the suggestion that it was something pretty odd, but I don't think there's concrete proof except that that phone call, that radio announcer, that seemed pretty um, hard, like hard evidence. Now, and also with uh, Stan, if uh, if we could maybe switch subjects, I mean, you say you've uh, taken an astronomy course. And uh, just recently, I was listening to Stan, and he's still kind of going on about the whole Zeta Reticuli thing, even though it seems like amongst astronomers that that whole star map and uh, Zeta Reticuli thing has been pretty much debunked. What's your take on that? That's the one from uh, Betty and Barney Hill. That's right, yeah, the Betty and Barney Hill star map. And this is the one that was drawn out by a school teacher, Marjorie Fish. Right, that's it, Gene. Yeah, um, I was. I was. I know one of the people that analyzed some of that, and what she analyzed uh, using. She's a scientist with a laboratory, and she analyzed um, Betty Hill's dress from Betty Hill saved her dress from when she'd been abducted, and the woman analyzed. Um, her dress and it was a blue dress 
but there were pink areas on it, and the pink areas were similar to where she reported that the aliens had touched her. So it was like there might have been some kind of alien um, molecules or atoms or something on the dress. And she analyzed it and said there was more protein, I think, in the areas that turned pink. And that was, um, I guess her dress was torn, too. That sort of made me think that maybe there was some reality to that. I mean, it seemed like there was. But, um, and that, um, uh, Betty Hill reported the star map. And I don't know. Um, there could be... <laughs> You know what I really like about you is you actually say you don't know, because so many people will just go on and on with their own wants and beliefs and wishful thinking. And uh, it's actually kind of refreshing to hear someone say, well, I just don't know. (laughs) So don't be worried about that. That's actually quite good. Well, I don't. And that's I know everybody else has opinions and I'm kind of lacking opinions. (laughs) I'm not dramatic speaker, but that seemed a little more concrete than lots of things. But with a star map, I don't know, because I think they went over. She made the actual model and went to a lot of trouble. Then when they invented computers, they looked at the same information from different angles. But I don't think they totally disapproved what she did. Well, apparently the stars are in a different position then she was using kind of outdated information and uh, it turns out that the information itself was unreliable at the time so even if it just happened to coincide with what seemed to be the information at the time that information has now since been changed with better measurements so the stars aren't really in those positions and uh, the uh, they're too close to each other really to be um, just to support stable planets is another thing that they say, and no planets around those stars have been discovered. None. Let's break it here, Randall. Okay. We'll go into more of Zeta Reticuli, where all those alien channelers originate from, I guess. Dr. Irina Scott with Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. 
heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. If there's a toxic chemical biological gas smoke emergency while traveling at home or on your job, are you protected? Are you prepared? There are over 400,000 fires in the USA every year. Up to 85% of all deaths in a fire are due to smoke inhalation. Three minutes without air and we as humans will die. Be prepared and escape safely with our Safe Escape Smoke Hoods, giving you up to 60 minutes of breathable air protection. Order yours online at ase-safety.com. That's ase-safety.com. And get up to 40% off plus free shipping. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Please check plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com for information about the Paracast Plus. A special version of this show without the network ads, better quality audio. We also give you After the Paracast and other benefits for a low monthly, weekly, annual, five-year lifetime subscription rate. If you subscribe to Paracast Plus for five years or a lifetime, we've got extra benefits, free books and stuff. All those goodies, check out plus.theparacast.com. 
Dr. Irina Scott is here, and we're talking about her book on UFOs today, exploring, of course, all the issues with regard to a cover-up. Now, in terms of Roswell, you had produced somebody in the book that you quote, who may have been a witness or may not have been a witness. What's the story about that? The information came to my publisher, and we were figuring out what to do with it. It doesn't in any way prove or disprove anything, but we thought it was information, and so we published the, just put it in the public domain. And this was deputy sheriff named uh, Fergus, who lived in Big Springs, Texas, and he went with his sheriff to Roswell to pick up a prisoner. And on the way, they heard on the radio that there was a crash. And so, you know, they probably were familiar with the roads and went to where the crash was. And he said he saw an object that was 100 feet across, approximately perfectly round, and four bodies being loaded with a lift onto a truck. And they were told to leave. And so they left. And they didn't talk about it too much later because apparently nobody heard Roswell at the time. And so that's what we had. And we decided to publish it. But we're not saying it proves or disproves anything. We're just kind of fishing for more information. Now, I know there's a suggestion here that this may not have happened during 1947, but happened in 1953. Well, I checked the papers, the local papers from Big Springs. Well, the sheriff wasn't the sheriff. I mean, the particular sheriff, Jeff Slaughter, wasn't the sheriff in 1947. They were written up as sheriff and deputy in the 1953 papers. So that's what I found is confirming evidence, but he said it was 1947. It might have not been that sheriff. Maybe he forgot what sheriff it was. I called the police department to see if I could find out when various people were deputy sheriffs, and they said they just didn't have any information on that. But the sheriff wasn't, the, they reported of Jeff Slaughter wasn't the sheriff in 1947. So there's questions about that. Now, one of the difficult things in trying to take a person's memory and find the factual basis behind the recollection is as the years pass, and this has been the problem with Roswell, the story is always at least 30 years old and then it becomes 40 years old and then 50 years old. You're dealing with all this ancient history. How do you possibly believe any of it? Well, I don't think it's a matter of believing. I think we mainly published it just to find out if we could find out anything else. And we have been contacted, but I don't know exactly what we're finding out quite yet, so I won't say anything. But it was just kind of to make make the um, information public and to see if we could find out any more information. So there's a lot of questions about it. It was still kind of interesting, though, because he reported this round object that was 100 feet in diameter and that sort of thing. Now, did he report this right out at Roswell, or where exactly did he say it was? It was on the way from... On the ranch? No. Okay. All the rest of the Roswell crash tales or stories have been... They've presented the crash is to the northwest of Roswell. And Brinks 
Big Springs, Texas is to the southeast. And they reported this is between Big Springs and Roswell. And so it would be a totally different direction from all the other crashes that have been reported. But he didn't say how far off from Roswell it was. He didn't give it. He pointed to the map, but you couldn't tell that where he was pointing from in the video. And so it's just unknown, but it wasn't in Roswell. Hmm. So it may not even be connected with the actual Roswell incident itself. Yeah, he, he said this was the real crash, and he said it was 1947, but he could remember wrong and that sort of thing because it was sometime later after he reported. And so that's why we were just poking around to see if we could find out anything else. Is it really too late to ever f- figure out what happened at Roswell unless there's a government document we can recover? I don't know. Um <laughs> A government document we would recover would be really good, but I don't know if we're going to do it. Um, I knew the archivist at Wright-Patterson, and he had an assignment to investigate Roswell and see if there was any advances that were directly tied to Roswell. And he said he didn't find anything. I mean, there were a lot of advances there, but so you don't know for sure. But he said he didn't find anything directly related to Roswell. But he may have not had the security clearances to do that either. What's but, the biggest misinformation in your book that you figure we should all know about the the most important bit of misinformation that that you talk about? I think the Benowitz was kind of interesting because the government's deliberately went out to feed him bad information and to the point where it drove him crazy. And also from what I find out at Battelle, the Robertson panel was set up by the CIA and purportedly a panel to investigate UFOs the way it was reported. That was the way it was reported to the public. Well, the people at Battelle thought that they weren't getting the right information, that they weren't giving the right information to the Robertson panel. And that's what the letter by Howard Cross was about, that he said, don't have that panel meeting yet because we don't have the information to give it to you. And they had it anyway. And Dr. Heineck was a, the Air Force person that was, he was a professor but he was also hired by the government to study UFOs. And so he should have been an authority. And he was not invited to portions of the Robertson panel meetings, which sounded pretty funny. And so from what I found out, they hired a bunch of scientists to study UFOs, but they didn't give them good information. And they only had them study for like a day or two. And they concluded that they, either they don't exist or not important in national security. And that was a way to set up, in my opinion, a fake panel to make it look like UFOs don't exist. We have Dr. Irina Scott with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place, and the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. Soul Arc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. 
If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. You want to continue on that framework and that recollection, Irina, before we go on? Yeah, I think that they set up the Robertson panel to purport to show that scientists think there's nothing to UFOs. And I think they gave the scientists false information from what I heard from people at Battelle. And that then the scientists said, well, there's no problem, nothing to worry about. And I don't think they were working with the best information at the time. And the people at Battelle didn't think so either. Right. If I recall correctly, uh, Edward Rupelt, who was running Blue Book at the time, took great exception to their uh, suggestion that his pilots and people in the military should be uh, ridiculed for reporting these sightings. I mean, this is the person who was actually charged with investigating them at the time. And uh, he was and it wasn't long after that that he was moved to, I, I think, a whole other department. He sort of took it seriously and took an actual scientific attitude which I don't think government wanted anybody to take, because I think they were using things like the Robertson panel to cover up their information and make appear that scientists don't find anything to it. And there was a lot of controversy over that, over their findings. This was also back around uh, when there was something called the Cold War going on. And I, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly there, there was something to the effect that they were concerned that actually it was the reporting of the UFOs themselves that could potentially cause a problem by hypothetically jamming up communications and uh, providing a distraction for more real-world intelligence involving what might be going on with the Russians. Uh-huh. So uh, anything else? I mean, obviously, yes, the Robertson panel, for sure. Definitely a highlight in the misinformation. We talk about cover-ups. How do we know if there's a cover-up if we don't have the information that, you know, that they allegedly have in order to prove that there's a cover-up? It seems we can only infer it. Yeah, well, like in the Pentacle Memorandum, which was written by Howard Cross of Mattel. I knew people that knew those people that were doing the investigations, and they were pretty serious that they needed a good study to find out what was going on. And the government didn't want to spend any money, and they set up this fake panel and gave the people bad information. And in the Pinnacle Memorandum, he had said that they need the information before they give it to the government. But the government was uh, gave these scientists particular information. They didn't invite Dr. Heineck to several of the meetings, and it was sort of my opinion that maybe they were giving bad information to the places where he wasn't invited, and that that's, maybe that's why they didn't invite him. 
that's kind of uh, reminiscent of the whole Condon Committee investigation as well, where there was people from NICAP. I think it was Kehoe, and uh, they went and wanted to present specific, really good information from their sightings files and uh, discovered that Condon had already reached a conclusion before any of the investigation had even really been done. Condon didn't even investigate anything himself. He started out with an opinion that there's nothing to it, and he maintained his opinion. And that was contradicted by the data because they couldn't explain about one-third of their sightings. And scientifically, that just, you know, baloney, because if you can't explain one-third of your data, you don't present it as being true. Yeah, I think it was Richard Hawley prepared some extensive report with some, you know, the best of their cases. And they happened to be wandering the halls down there, the story goes, and, and just found that it was just lying on his desk. There was like, no, nothing at it. It hadn't even been looked at, and next to it pretty much was the draft of the opinions that there was uh, pretty much nothing to it. The suggestion was is that he'd already made up his mind before reading the, the information. And a lot of the people that were actually doing the investigations totally disagreed with him and the conclusions. At that time, I think it was either the Robertson, I think it was a Condon, though, where he said that any interest in UFOs by students should be quenched. And that's ridiculous. That's like brainwashing kids. I mean, why should they quench the information and the interest in UFOs by children if there's nothing to it? And I think they were giving bad information to the public on the Condon study, too. Uh, is that, is, do you cover some of that in your book as well? A bit of the Condon, a bit of the Robertson panel? Uh-huh. What else can we uh, look forward to? Now than I did when I wrote the book. But, it, I mean, it seems more fake now than it did when I wrote the book. And I thought those things were pretty fake then. But continue. Oh, that, that was kind of um, exhausted my line there. Gene, have you got anything else there? Well, I just wanted to mention something to you about a show we did last week with Peter Robbins, who was co-author of Left and Eastgate, and he worked with the late Bud Hopkins on abductions. And he had a theory, and he based it, I guess, in part on going through the morgue of the New York Times and checking the early reports of UFOs. And he theorized that in the early days of the field, President Truman dispatched members of, we'll call them the silence group, to visit major publishers of newspapers, the press barons around the country, and simply tell them in the interest of national security, don't take this seriously if you're going to report a story about UFOs. Make it funny. Make it just something to laugh about. What do you think of that theory? I think they still do it because like on our local TV stations here, when they say UFOs, they all sort of act snarky and give each other grins and roll their eyes and everything. I think that type of thing is still going on. Maybe they don't have specific orders to do it because maybe it's just something that came down from that time or something that newspaper or uh, TV people and that sort of thing um, don't report or make it sound like people are crazy. I think that still goes on. Well, of course, I mean, there is, to be fair, there is a lot of uh, 
problems with the ufology community and the way that it's reported and the and the studies that go on and so i mean what can we do ourselves to improve this like is there a single thing that you think the ufology community might be able to do to to unite on some front instead of just everybody defending their own little piece of territory and and uh personal beliefs and theories and wishful thinking or how do we get people to cooperate to the standards that say someone like yourself would would think is really worthwhile i don't know i'd say sort of keep trying to push the frontiers of science to include ufo study because that's a part of our environment you can you don't have to have hard evidence such as a ufo crashing at the white house to give people the idea that there might be something to it you can use soft information and do a lot of statistics and that sort of thing and so it, i think they ought to have better um citing reports where they ask personal information about people because people don't have to fill it out they don't want to like are you crazy have you ever been in an insane asylum and um study something like that because uh they'll say well if you see a ufo you're crazy well study uh people that aren't crazy obviously they're functioning in society just fine and report that they've seen ufos and that sort of thing i think there could be a lot more pertinent data collected that could be studied through statistics right now. One more segment with Dr. Irina Scott and J. Randall Murphy and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. BuySellMakeOffer.com is better than ever. I'm Pat Matthews here to tell you that BuySellMakeOffer.com, the revolutionary site for buying and selling anything and everything, just up the ante. Go right now to BuySellMakeOffer.com and click the Sign Me Up button. When you do, you'll get the first month free, and then it's just $9.95 a month to be a member forever. And you don't need a credit card for the initial setup. Create your own store on the site and sell whatever you want, as long as it's legal, however you want, and sell an unlimited number of items. Create your own intro video to describe what your store is all about. Use Skype to see who you're buying from or selling to. Sell unused household items, as well as antiques, cars, televisions, collectibles, real estate. The possibilities are unlimited. Use social networks to promote your store right from our site. Remember, there are never any fees, no matter how much you sell. Become a member today. I'm a member. Get all your friends to sign up, too. This could become a great business for you. Sell whatever you want for the first 30 days, free, at buysellmakeoffer.com. Ralph, remember when you said you were going to start paying more attention to your health and now you're eating potato chips? Just a few. A few, okay, but you should be eating Superberries Aronia Berries. Aronia what? Aronia Berries from Superberries.com. They're known for having one of the highest levels of antioxidants that helps with overall wellness. Go to Superberries.com slash radio. And right now we get a free smoothie recipe book with our order. Plus we can save $4 at checkout. Wow, look at all the benefits of these berries. I know, Ralph, I know. Choose health. Eat purple. Superberries.com. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Irina, let's pick up on what you were talking about for this, our final segment. Okay, I think that one way to do it would be for the government to sponsor a real good study and hire scientists and do that. But the government isn't going to. And I think that's part of the cover-up. Because if this is something important, it ought to be studied. And so, I mean, that would be the way to do it. But otherwise, it's up to individual people and organizations. And I think one thing that would help would be when scientists have had experiences, they ought to say something about them such as publicizing them or admitting them in public and that sort of thing. A few people have, and that makes a big impression on people, such as the astronauts and even some of the presidents. But it'd be handy if a lot of other scientists said, yes, I've had experiences too, and reported them. We've had a few 
like uh, Gene mentioned, Hynek, of course, he's a scientist, and yourself, you've got some credentials, and Maccabee has got some credentials. But then you got guys, you know, like uh, DeGrasse Tyson, who is pretty much a hardened skeptic, and he goes around lecturing at colleges and uh, openly ridicules the subject and, and perpetuates that giggle factor with people. So, you know, how are we supposed to convince those people that there's something more to it? The debunkers have a illogical position because they say people are believers, they believe in UFOs, and the debunkers are people that do not believe in UFOs. Well, either way, it's belief. It isn't science. And if you say you're a debunker and you don't believe in UFOs, you're just the same as the people that believe. Because what you need to do is look at evidence and see what's going on and cut out the beliefs. Just look at what's at what evidence there is. And so I think when they say scientists don't believe, that they're not saying anything that's very logical. Well, they would claim that if you're going to make a claim like UFOs, that the burden of proof is on the person who makes the claim. So they're just saying, well, we don't believe because there's no real evidence. And they've looked at whatever evidence and they wish that there would be more evidence. But there really isn't anything but anecdotes and urban myths and legends and things that can't be verified scientifically. So it's kind of difficult to... To counter that point, I mean, I've tried myself and I've ultimately had to admit, well, really, we don't have verifiable scientific information that proves the existence of alien visitation. Maybe it would be helpful for us to just admit that up front. Yeah, we don't have it. We think it's going on, but we don't have that kind of evidence. But I don't think you need hard evidence because science itself is based on probability. When you write a scientific paper... You say this is probable within a certain confidence limits. I mean, science isn't science isn't something that's established and already known. It's invented so you can explore the unknown. And for example, with the Battelle study, this came within the um, statistical probability limits that they would normally use on a scientific paper. That this they're showing that. Um, the characteristics of UFOs that are never identified plus compared to UFOs that are later identified. They compared characteristics of these, and in five out of six categories, it showed that they, the probability that the UFOs that remain unidentified are different than the ones that are identified later, which is in the probability limits of science of anything you'd write in a scientific journal. So I think there is evidence that something's going on within the realms of science. That would be a good, a good um, counterpoint to say that, well, we, we ought to think it's reasonable that something is going on, but it doesn't prove anything. So, you know, the whole issue of proof is something that seems to vary between the people who are looking at the evidence. What would you consider to be proof? I would say if we people aren't given hard proof, study the soft proof. You can study things in science without having hard proof. I mean, science isn't there to keep establishing what's already known. It's there to 
explore what you don't know. Absolutely. One of the things I wonder about here, and possibly the key fact, is if we're looking for spaceships, are we ever going to get anywhere? Because that's what apparently MUFON is doing, for example. They claim to be involved in scientific research, but the director says he's rooting for ETH. So if you're rooting for ETH, isn't this going to lead you down a blind alley? Well, I think that was the trouble with the Battelle study, and that it wasn't accepted because it was done by engineers, and they were looking for craft. And so they had pretty good evidence statistically that something was going on, but they didn't discover actual technological craft. So he said, well, this means nothing. Well, the statistics do mean something. And the theories that UFOs are craft might be wrong. So I think you can study something and just see statistically how it turns out without having a theory, a definite theory. So I don't know if UFOs are crafts or whether some of them are or whether none of them are. But I don't think you should set up something to prove that they're crafts because they may not be. What is your feeling at this point? And we have a minute or two left here. You're looking into stuff that may be beyond our reality. But you also said something there earlier about highly advanced society sending a exploration here. Would we even be able to detect who and what they were? No. <laughs> it may be the same thing as Aniba's trying to figure out a television or even less. So there could be UFO phenomena here all the time that we just don't even know about. That implies also that when we see UFOs that appear to be something we could recognize, that's put on for our benefit. Mm -hmm. It could be. And I've been taking courses in quantum mechanics and other things. And with quantum mechanics, you could explain some of the things that you see in UFO phenomena. For example, they'll say, somebody will report that these entities go through walls. Well, by regular 1950s physics, that would be impossible. But with the quantum theory, there's a note things aren't localized, and you can shoot a beam at a of particles or something at the at a barrier, and some of them will appear on the other side of the barrier. Well, if some other group were more proficient at doing that, we could show people that entities can go through walls and that sort of thing. Also, they keep saying that these stars are billions and billions of miles away and that nothing can go faster than light. Well, they've already proven quantum theory with the entangled particles experiments that something goes faster than the speed of light. Irene, tell our listeners they want more information. Do you have a website or someplace they can check out? What we have now is just the Amazon.com place where we're selling the book. And if they just put in the title, Amazon.com should pop up and they can order. You can find us on Twitter. Look for at the Paracast. That's at the Paracast. Look for two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Look for the official Paracast channel 
on YouTube. We've got over 125 shows up there. We're going to get almost every show from 2010 until the present day on YouTube very soon. We're working hard at it. Check out the Paracast Plus, where you get the commercial-free version of this show, the After the Paracast podcast videos, more great stuff. Go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. Prices begin at $1.49 a week. Our price is cheap. Dr. Irina Scott, you make so much sense. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast.